Hello and welcome to episode 51 of uh, the European show. We're back again with another season review. This time it's just me and Nick. So how are you, Nick? Hey, yeah, I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. So it's just us today. (laughs) And it'd just be us doing the Liga um, season review as we just feel like it's the best. And this will probably be a lot shorter than the one that we released yesterday, which was an hour and 20 minutes long. So, obviously, the first place we will start is is Lille. Um, the team that we championed for the majority of the season to win the league and overhaul PSG as champions, they, they did it. And, and the two players as well to... To carry Lille to that to the championship was our two favourites, Burak Yilmaz and Jonathan David. And I, I just feel like there's... I, I don't know it. I don't know how to describe it, really. The fact that Jonathan David, the man that we... I wouldn't say clowned, because that's the wrong word. But we we supported so early on. He, he, he's like... um, He was the ugly duckling. And he's become this, this swan. Now and and he's he's I I can't describe this in words how I feel. Um, I I I remember back in what November uh, December whatever when we were doing Jonathan David watch and he finally scored his first goal for Lille after having played for them for like three or four months he looked like he was going to be a complete flop because he just was not doing absolutely anything for the for for the team really and then he he took a a long while to get started but once the the first few goals started pouring in. The, uh, it, it was like breaking a dam. Suddenly, it unleashed the the monster of the monster of Jonathan David upon upon Ligan, and uh, w- well into January, February, around that time, he really got into his stride and started banging goals every other week, basically. And uh, he is, has been absolutely crucial to Lille's victory in the in the second half of the in, in the second half of the season, really. And obviously, the veteran Burak Yilmaz, thirty four years old, basically turned into the best player in the league. The amount of high quality performances he pull in to help Leo win the league um, was immense, and it just showed that just because you're old, it doesn't hinder hinder your quality. And that is a statement that you can use in the defense as well. As Jose Font is 37 and was the leader in the best defense in Europe, which is mental. There's so many you could list so many players. In this Lille team, who have done well, you've got Mike Magnon, the the best goalie in France. Zeki Celik played well. It, it considered the fact Zeki Celik was signed from the Turkish second division, and he is now a league champion. Then you've obviously got Jose Font, you've got Benjamin Andre, you've got Renato Sanchez, who's experienced a revival in his career at Lille after it looked. After a lone spell at Swansea, that went horribly wrong. He's been able to reignite his career and been a key part of this Lille team. Then you've got the three Jonathans. Jonathan Bamba, Jonathan Akone and obviously Jonathan David all playing key parts in the team. Yusuf Yazici as well, the main player at the beginning of the season. He kind of tailed off at the end, but that, that didn't really matter when players like Jonathan David... And Burke Yilmaz all stepped up. 
And then you've got Timothy Weyer as well. Timothy Weyer obviously experienced quite a bad injury early on in his career and it looked quite um, bleak. But he, he's obviously managed to turn his career around and managed to and managed to chip in with a few goals to help Lille win the league. The list goes on and on. This is just genuinely a great team and they thoroughly deserve to win the title and it's their first title in 10 years. I think it's I think it's important to to quickly go over the the final match they played because it, it was exciting. It was very exciting. It, pretty descriptive of of their season as a whole. It they, they ended up winning 2-1 and they started off uh, quite comfortably actually uh, unlike um La Liga's uh, winners who went over last time Atleti who had to suffer through their through the final game. Uh Leo was mostly comfortable throughout scoring early on after a great piece of play from Renato Sanchez who threaded the ball through to, to Jonathan David while well, threaded it, chipped it through passive defence who who finished very cleanly and then to complete the, the duo of, of our two favourite players at Lille that me and Jack were talking about uh, Burak Yilmaz then scored the 2-0 right before halftime from a penalty and then their two-goal two goal lead put them in a, in a much safer position than, than they were at and the team looked visibly more comfortable and they didn't have to worry about nerves as much it got a little bit tight towards the end as Angers scored a a, a goal in the 92nd minute. It, no, that was right at the end of the game. It, yeah, it was it, right at the end of the game. No, when when Leo kicked off, Angers showed no effort to try and chase another goal. Yeah, absolutely. Which obviously Leo will be thankful for because it, it, it meant that they, they got their first uh, league on title in, in it in well almost a decade really. I, I think Angers was like, we want Leo to win the league. We don't want PSG to win. <laughs> so, so you know what? We can't, we can't really be bothered. They, they, they scored the goal to show face and then they were like, okay, they, they, good enough, good enough. We'll, we'll take it. But obviously the typical theme in modern day football is when you have a team like Lille perform so well and achieve this incredible feat, they begun, their players will begin to be poached and that's already begun. As goalkeeper Mike Magnon is, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, is moving to AC Milan to be Gianluigi Donnarumma's replacement. I do think uh, Magnon should have gone to Dortmund. It just made um, more sense for the type of goal he is and his age. But obviously, he's gone to Milan. You can't really complain. Um, you could consider him a bit of a downgrade, however, on Gianluigi Donnarumma. But... That's that's for a different story. Then the manager has also announced Christophe Gautier has announced that he will be leaving um, the club after achieving such a feat. He's just decided there's nothing more to do, and so it's being touted that he's either going to move to Nice, which we spoke about a few weeks ago, or to Lyon, as Rudy Garcia left Lyon as well, and I imagine. I imagine Magnon is not going to, and Gautier are not going to be the only people that are going to leave. I imagine we're going to see an exodus of some of these players. Bubakari Samari is linked to Leicester already. Barak Yilmaz will probably end up at Barcelona because that seems the type of thing they want to do. Yeah, it will. It, it will be interesting, and well, I think we're looking at a. Um, well, as insinuated earlier, we'll be looking at a, a case similar to that of Monaco when they won the title. That the the big teams in Europe just absolutely tore the team apart within within months of 
of their first title. And now I think looking into the into the transfers more in detail, I think uh, Magnon to to Milan is actually a pretty good move. I, I I do agree that Dortmund would have been better for him, but Milan is nevertheless playing Champions League and currently one of the best teams in Italy. W- whether for Milan it's good that he's replacing Donnarumma or not, I don't think it is. I think that, as you said, it is a downgrade. But I fully agree that Magnon deserves a big move like this because he has been one of the best goalkeepers in the league without a shadow of a doubt. And for the rest of the team, th- th- pretty much all of them are, are capable of playing at the highest level, I would say. Well, by the highest level, I mean like top teams in, 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 in the league, but not necessarily like Manchester City. If, if Jonathan David rolled up to Manchester City, I'd be delighted. I don't think he'd even do that badly. Well, Liverpool were interested in him before, we, and he decided to move to Lille over Liverpool, And but Liverpool are still interested in him. So I think that's it's a possibility as, as a move. But it, it'd be interesting to see where some of these players are going to go because obviously Jonathan Akone and Jonathan Bamba have been through it all with the team. They were there with Nicolas Pepe and Victor Oshimin. Arguably, the teams of Pepe and Oshimin and Oshimin in were actually better. But I think this 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 Leo team had this different mentality compared to these other teams and were able to just do do the do the unlikely and overthrow this PSG team. But yeah, it'd, it'd be definitely and it'd be interesting to see if Renato Sanchez does. And make a move elsewhere right as well, but I do think that next season, Leo won't be this high up the table. I genuinely think without without Gautier in charge and with the loss of some of their players, I'm not saying they're going to plummet, but they're not going to be in Champions League places next year. I don't think. Yeah, I I do think the most important difference will be the the almost certain departure of Gautier, um, because he's. The, he's the leader of the team. He's the one who inspired so many of his players to, well, some of them to stay and not leave last year, but uh, as well as that, just to to play as well as they did to hold on to their to their lead over PSG in the in, in the dying games of the league, um, and just overall to he brought a competitive spirit into the game as well as obviously he was a good tactician and he was able to set up good teams to play always. So I think that with with him gone, the morale in the team overall, and uh, and the change that there will be, in in the structure of, of the, in the structure of just the management and the tactics, it it will shake up the team so bad that they certainly will not be able to to replicate this again next year. So it'd be, it, so it'd be interesting to see how the how the league does pan out now. So um, obviously PSG played Brest and won two nil. Um, it was just a routine win for PSG. It wasn't really in their hands, so there was not really anything they could do. Uh, Roman Favre, sc- Favre scored an own goal before Kylian Mbappe also scored. Uh, Monaco drew 0-0 with, with Lons. Um, this result actually hindered Lons as they were in the chase for UEFA Conference League place, but were unable to get it due to Ren winning. And then Lyon played Nice and actually lost 3-2. And they actually dropped down into the Europa League places in. Which started off as a very promising season for Lyon. Tailed off very quickly for multiple reasons, which we will discuss soon. Um, So the Champions League places for Lyon, or Champions League places in France are Lyon, PSG and Monaco. But Monaco had to go through qualification. (laughs) 
I think that's a chance to, that's possibly going to change depending on who wins the Champions. Basically, they're they're automatically going to go through because Chelsea and Manchester City are already qualified for Europe. So I do think that does mean uh, that place for Monaco turns into an automatic one. Uh, in the Europa League, we've got Lyon and Marseille, which is quite surprising as Marseille did have a terrible season but managed to rescue it towards the end under Jorge Sampaoli. Uh, and then the Conference League place, as I mentioned, is uh, filled by Rennes. Uh, the relegation places, Nîmes and Dijon go down automatically. But then Nantes are playing Toulouse in the relegation playoff. And so it would be interesting to see which team stays up. So there's a lot going on in France at the moment, like drama-based. And we'll first start with Leon. So obviously, Rudy Garcia has left Leon, and this has resulted in a lot of shit coming out between Garcia and Jean Michel Olas, the, the Leon president, as well as Janinho as well. As Rudy Garcia, as Janinho had a thing against Rudy Garcia for not playing Brazilian players. And it, it's just. It's a bit of a joke, really. The fact that Janinho and Rudy Garcia have had this spat due to someone refusing to play players that one signed. It just doesn't make sense. And it just shows a kind of joke that, that um, Leon are in the midst of at the moment. And obviously it will be interesting to see whether Christophe Gautier does go to Leon. I think he's actually been more inclined to go to to, to Nice as as such a he probably will not want to work with um, an owner with the personality as Jean-Michel Olas and especially with a sporting director like Janinho who demands for specific players to be played I don't think Gautier wants that so I imagine um, that he will be going to Nice and Nice is a similar project to which he took over at Lille so we could potentially be seeing Nice as uh, league winners in a couple of years' time. Biggest news, arguably, is Eduardo Camavinga, the most highly touted prospect in France, has stated his desire to leave Rennes, which is fair enough, but he wants to move to PSG, which, frankly, is just wrong. And I know I know we've been moving to the best team in France, but it's the type of move that ruins your career. And I know his career is already getting started, but it's already just showing the intent of the, that he's going for money. If he was going for... Because there's no way he can argue that he's going for competitive edge. Because I, I imagine PSG are going to spend a lot of money this summer. And they're going to become a lot stronger next season. Yeah, I it, it was widely rumoured that he was going to join Real Madrid at some point. Not necessarily at the end of this season. But um, I think that this move to PSG in between that is pretty bad for him. He, uh, Ren is a team that he's grown up in and it's one that he is used to and that makes it more comfortable and easy for him to to further develop himself as a player and to and to learn more without the pressure of having to play for the, the biggest team well the the best team in France and i mean it it is it will be good that he gets to have the experience of playing in the Champions League i think but um i i i just think that the pressure of it and that the um, the fact that yes PSG does have pretty decent youth development but it would be better for him if if he did stay at Ren. so overall I would say it's not a very good move and it's pretty money driven as well 
but at the end of the day we'll just have to wait and see to uh what 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 comes out of it yeah so yeah be interesting to see if he does decide to move to psg but i do think there's better places for him to go um and this is all stemmed from a t from the tv deal collapsing in in france early on in the season as no clubs have money players are leaving left right and center and it's all a bit of a farce really and i think this is just what makes adds a bit of edge to Liga. the fact that you've got this team the size of psg with no money issues at all playing against all these playing against 19 other teams who all have financial issues and i just think the fact that leo were able to win and Leo in financial issues of their own just shows how much of a joke PSG are, really. In this particular season. So now we're going to have our break and then we'll be back with our team of the years, our player of the years and everything else like that. Welcome back from our from our break. So it's the same, the same rules apply. We're going on our team of the year, two players from a team and yeah. So we'll first start with the goalkeeper. I went for Kaylor Navas as he literally was probably one of the only reasons PSU was in this title race for quite, or managed to stay in this title race in the, in the running as he made so many crucial saves in some, in some games where PSU won the rocks and kept them in the games or kept them in the lead and he probably saved them a lot of points and if it wasn't for him I do think PSG probably would have been a, a long way off Lille. Speaking of being a long way off Lille or well speaking of Lille in general my goalkeeper is Mike Menon who was the Lille goalkeeper and I basically put him for similar reasons as, as for why you put um Keylor Navas he Lille had one of the strongest defences well the strongest defence in the league really but uh, it, it certainly helped that whenever the whenever attackers did get past the, the centre the centre backs which is extremely rare Mike Mignon was on top of his game every single every single match he was fully concentrated and right, maybe he's not the flashiest goalkeeper or the most like skilled one, but it doesn't matter. He will still make saves as good as as good as any amazing goalkeeper that in the world. And so he, I I thought he was absolutely excellent, and I I can't really think of anyone better than him between the posts for uh, in, in the French league this season. I I I wanted to put Manuel, but because of other people in my team, the two the two player rule uh, meant I I struggled to do that, and so that's the only reason why I put Kaylor Navas in because I, I do believe that Mike Magnon was the best goalkeeper in France by the way for clarification in case anyone hasn't listened to our, our previous episode uh, we're only allowed to put at most two players from the from the same team so on, on to the defence now I went for Klaus of Lons as obviously he played a key role in Lons's push for European football which sadly they came up short in um, then I went for Marquinhos, so this does mean I've used up both my PSG players already, and I went for Marquinhos because uh, if without him, the PSG defense would have been even more shambolic than it already is, and I do, I, and the same reason as Kaylor Navas actually. There's been times when Marquinhos um, kept Leo, kept PSG in the title race with either his goals or just his defensive performances. And if if it was with he's no Thiago Silva, but if he wasn't there, it, this would have been a lot worse for PSG as well. Then I've got gone for Maripan from Monaco. Monaco have been have 
and quietly went went under the radar this year with Nico Kovac in charge. They've built a young, strong team, and Maripan has been one of the key pieces in that defence. And then my final defender is Jose Font. Uh, he's 37 years old and has been one of the best defenders in France and being a key leader in that Lille team, as Nick mentioned, who are the best defence in Europe. And I think the fact that he's 37 and is still performing at such a high level is just great. And I, and that's why Font is in there. Meanwhile, my defence uh, does have some similarities. I've also got um, Maripan and Marquinhos. I, I think Jack was a, was a little harsh on the on the PSG defense. Uh, with Marquinhos, they were pretty decent. They were uh, not world class by any stretch of the imagination, but they could hold their own. But without Marquinhos, then the defense, as Jack said, was actually shambolic. So he, well, it, it, it's a little difficult to class to completely classify him as a defender because he played in midfield a few games, but um, just he was so incredibly solid. And his intuition for for his positioning and knowing when to to run up and cut out the ball, and and such is so good that he he was absolutely indispensable for for PSG. And well, as I previously said, his absence was always heavily heavily noted, not only because of his skill but because of his leadership, and because of how how good he was at uh, giving the other defenders confidence and organizing everyone else around him. Then my other two defenders are Naif Agerd uh, for Rennes. At 25 years old, he was one of the most regular players for Ren. I would say because in in this team, most of most of the squad was dipping in and out of a form. While Aguirre was uh, reasonably consistent throughout the season, and while overall he was just solid, he he played at centre back, and while he he was just absolutely uh, one of the one of the best players in in, in the air in the aerial game. And he just cleared basically anything that ca- that came his way. He was incredibly important in in stopping that. Then, my last defender is Leo Dubois of Lyon. It's a similar. Um, my last defender is uh, Leo Dubois from Lyon. I would I would probably say he was the best right back in the league, with a good balance between defensive capabilities and attacking threat. He was well rounded, and could do everything, just really well, and was was a great asset to Lyon. To, to a Leon squad that was also extremely inconsistent throughout uh, a lot of the season. Uh, I think you can make an argument that Zeki Chalik is probably better than Leo Dubois. But yeah, obviously, that's, obviously that's, of, of, of course you could say that because he, he won the league. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I think that for me it was between uh, Zeki Chalik and Dubois. But uh, I, I, I personally think Dubois was better, but it is uh, quite subjective. I, I, do you know, obviously we put the rules in to add diversity for for these teams but when making them it does make it very hard because there's a lot of players from one team that you could just stick in but obviously then that would ruin uh, the fun of it as as you would have a team especially this year predominantly filled with Leo players yeah absolutely it does feel a little bit bad to take away from to take away from Zeki Celik and then further on uh, there are some other players that I had to leave out because I just felt like if their teammates were more important in their positions but um, it, it, yeah, I I agree. For example, Naif Agerd, he wouldn't get the recognition he 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 would if we if we didn't have this room because he would get replaced with some with some Leo player. But uh, moving on to the midfield, I have uh, Tuchuemeni from Monaco. He's he's one of Jack's favorites and a player that he pointed out to me 
uh, mi midway through the year, and I fully understand why. He is just so good at cutting out the ball in midfield, and just uh, I I I'm sure Jack will will go on for much longer about him later on. But he he's just he's young and he's energetic, and he's a uh, uh, very clever. I think so. I think that he was one, by far one of the best midfielders and certainly one of the best young midfielders in the league then i also have lucas paqueta he he was just good overall uh a lot of creation a lot of creation in attack uh really fueling the, the really fueling marseille and he was really just the the heart of of marseille's offensive midfield with five goals and five assists uh he really shows that he was uh, pretty influential in a, in a Montpellier side that was pretty good uh, th this season actually while they didn't manage to uh, catch many pe people's eyes I, they're, they're another team who I think went quite quite under the radar and a lot of it was because of Savinier. He similar to Paqueta he was very influential in bringing the ball up to the attack for his team and uh, it, 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 it really shows I think in, in how his team ended up producing and, and doing in the season so I, I do share two of the same players as Nick but the one I don't share is I went for Benjamin Borjold from, from Rennes. He has been one of Rennes' only good players this year. As Eduardo Camavinga has been quite has quite been quite poor. As Borjold was one of the key players in Rennes' push for a Conference League place, and you know that that's the main reason I stuck him in there. And obviously I've got Lucas Paqueta, who um, is Brazilian, and so obviously Janinho had a say in. <laughs> And if he had to play or not. In fairness, in Paqueta's case, he definitely deserved to be playing most yeah, of the games. Paqueta's definitely been able to revive his career after a poor time at Milan and definitely looks to be getting back to where he belongs. And then obviously, I have Orlin Tuchuemi. He's He's been one of the best offensive midfielders in France this year. And ironically, he's probably actually the player PSG need more than Eduardo Camavinga. I say that... They'll probably end up signing both of them. But Tichu, I don't expect Tichuemi to stay at Monaco any longer. Him and Fafana have formed one of the two best defensive midfielder partnerships in France. And both of them are going right to the top. Tichuemi especially. I, I, I just, it just shows the riches of talent that France have in their squad. The fact they have someone like N'Golo Kante. I'm not obviously comparing Tichuemi to N'Golo Kante. <laughs> I'll make that clear. But... Kante is one of the best defensive is the best defensive midfielder in the world, and you've got Tuchuemi who is on the rise, and so the, a midfield two in France of Eduardo Camavinga and Tuchuemi is something to be scared of in the future, and I definitely think that he I wouldn't I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if he left this summer, but I imagine he will stay another year under Kovac and he'll probably improve even more. And this time next year, will be Tuchuemi will be in my team again. So finally, for our attackers, I don't have Mbappe. I was obviously I have used up my two PSG or PSG players. So my first attacker is Andy Delort at Montpellier. He's had a decent season, and has was key in Montpellier's rise um, to the top or to, in, into the fight for Europe. But obviously Montpellier fell off closer to the end of the season. Uh, but Delort was still key to them, despite the fact that he even spent time out with COVID. Uh, my other one, of, my other attack is Memphis Depay, who was key for along with Paqueta. He was key in Leon's fight for the for the title, 
and at the start of the year was the best player in Liga. But obviously, as Leon tailed off, so did he. But he was still pulling in as much effort as he could. And obviously, he will be leaving Leon at the end of this year, most likely going to Barcelona. And so, obviously, my final attacker is uh, Krau, Berk um, Uh There's no words to describe him. He's, the fact he's 34 and banging in the goals to carry Lille to the title, I just think he solely, fully deserves to be in this position. And yeah, people may say, oh, Mbappe's done this and this and this, and then Depay scored more goals than him. They didn't win the league, did they? 34-year-old Boak Yilmaz did, didn't he? And I just can't... No one can persuade me otherwise why Mbappe deserves to be in this over Boak Yilmaz, frankly. I mean, I personally think it's criminal not to include uh, Mbappe. However, I included him alongside Boak Yilmaz uh, to, to, to avoid any, any controversy with Jack. I, I do see Jack's points, but also, come on, Kylian Mbappe was the top scorer in the league by seven goals. With, with a total of 27, he was head and shoulders above everyone else uh, in terms of in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net. And that's just not all he did. He was just good in, in creation and creating danger. Everyone knows how fast he is, and his dribbling has been uh, improving a lot over over the last few last few years. So now he's more than just someone who just runs quickly. He is more intelligent and knows how to unbalance uh, opposition defenses uh, much better to, to create d- danger. And in the games in which Neymar was injured for a while, um, Mbappe was fully capable of carrying the team on his shoulders. The, the reason why um, I think PSG were able to recover from, from their rot earlier on in, um, in, in midway through the season is because Mbappe himself stepped up and basically dragged them. Him and Marquinhos are essentially the reason, uh, I think, for them doing as well as they did because they, they did keep the heat up, they, they, they did chase Lille up until the final day and it was basically just because Mbappe's goals, mostly. And then obviously, uh, I mean, Jack's gone on about Yilmaz, he, he was incredible, he was so crucial for Lille's win. They're just, I would probably write him down as the most important person on, on the team, as crazy as it may sound. This is probably quite controversial, but uh, I'll, I'll stand by what I said. Then my my third attacker. Uh, well, I considered um, Depay, but uh, I I already have Paqueta and Dubois, so I don't have space for more Leon attackers. So instead, I went for Ben Yedder, who was also really, really, really good. With twenty goals, he showed that he's as sharp as he's ever been, and uh, still fully capable of doing what he's always done. Right, getting in, getting to the box, sticking his foot in front of the ball. And well, I I just love Ben Yedder as a player. In, in his time at Sevilla, he's one of my favorite players on the side. And at Monaco, he has and at Monaco he has managed to really um, pick pick up where he left off after his transfer. And this has been his best season yet there from from an overall performance perspective. I think so. I I would definitely put him in my in my list of three best strikers in the league, or three best attackers really. And so now on to our players of the year so as my player of the year is Borak Yilmaz because <laughs> obviously he was he's been key and, and a big part of of Lille's march to the title and that's I just cannot I'm not both my young player and the player of the year are both from Lille I'm gonna put that out there I just as I said before I just believe Borak Yilmaz deserves this one due to the fact of his age Two to the fact how much of a key role he played in 
in the running and the game that stands out to me is the game against Leon, which Yilmaz scored twice it to, to for, for Leo to tie the game and then they go on to win it late on I, I just genuinely think Yilmaz has been key throughout the season for Leo, and just the fact he's I'm sounding like a broken record but the fact that he's 34 is just astounding to me and that's why I've given him my player of the year award he's actually 35 even better <laughs> I, I was actually debating uh, between two players for my player of the year Except then I realized that um, one one of my options was also my my young player of the year, so I decided to go for my for my other choice, which was also Burak Yilmaz. I mean, Jack's just gone on about him <laughs> uh, for quite a while, but I just think it's so impressive what what the feat of just arriving to Lille uh, at, at 35. We've mentioned this so many times, but it, it's it's absolutely insane that he played as well as he did and contributed as much as he did to to his team. Not just with his uh, pretty pretty incredible 16 goals, but with his experience and leadership. You would see games in which Lille was beginning to panic and beginning to lose it. And Yilmaz would, would clearly uh, begin to impose his authority on the players and calm them down, talk to them, inspire them. And that was just absolutely, absolutely invaluable. So both for um, his actual performance on the pitch and because of his influence on his teammates, I would put him down as my player of the year. And so my young player of the year... Uh, is Jonathan David uh, generally from from the meme that we started all those months ago and what he's achieved since uh, Jenny cannot see um, it, it past anyone else Jen. like the, the the change he has experienced since the start of the new year has been immense and like Yilmaz he was a key key piece in, in Leo's rise to the title the amount of goals especially that crucial goal that he scored against PSG as well my words cannot pull in I cannot pull into words how I feel about Burak Yomas and Jonathan David meanwhile my young player of the year uh, will probably sound quite obvious to the rest of you but I think people have forgotten that uh, Kylian Mbappe is still only 22 years old so he does technically count as being young <laughs> and yes Jonathan David was great but uh, <laughs> Mbappe was a top scorer in the league he, dra- he dragged his team uh, as far as they did in the league and he uh, and he was just scintillating throughout by far PSG's best player and I, I, as I said earlier I was I was considering him the best player in the league uh, overall not just the best young one but uh, I, I, I don't really see it as much of a contest in this case for me I would just say it's clearly Mbappe for me <laughs> that's the easy way out it's the right, it's the right answer so, so now we're going to have our, our break and then we'll be back with goal of the season and our over and under achievers Welcome back from our goal song. You just heard the the Leo goal song. Uh, I'm just gonna give it a ten. Uh, what about you, Nick? Yeah, sure. I I I think I think for the meme, 
they won the league I'll give it a 10 as well for for this one time alright so first we'll start off with goal of the season I'm just going to hand this over to Nick because I don't actually have one well once again uh, like in the La Liga review I don't really have one single goal I would say is objectively the best one I just have my three favourite ones Uh, first of all and it's in no particular order either first of all uh, Irving Cardona's scissor kick versus breast it, it it's it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, so similar to similar to uh, in the previous episodes, La Liga La Liga review. I don't really have one goal that I would say was objectively the best one. I just have my list of three favorite ones. Uh, I do encourage uh, anyone listening to search these up and and watch them because, or else it's just me trying to verbally describe goals, which is pretty difficult and probably not that interesting. But um, so first of all, Irvin Cardona's scissor kick versus breast. I, I, it, it starts from a from a nice cross down the left, which reaches Cardona, who and the ball is about to go out of play, until Cardona just goes like, "Okay, I'm not gonna let this go out," and the goalkeeper is not really near me. This is a terrible angle to shoot from, but I don't really care. And then he he scissor kicks and it goes in, and it's and it's really great. Please watch this. Then uh, also, Matias Pereira's uh, goal against Lens. This is. I always think it's pretty difficult with with goals from a distance, because um, the goals from a distance are always very visually impressive and they're very difficult. But you do get quite a lot of them uh, during a season. But for me, this was remarkable. Um, first of all, because it came from pretty far out, and also because it was a pretty nice volley. Uh, Matias Pereira kind of gets it maybe thirty meters away from the goal, and then. Uh, it's bouncing kind of awkwardly, and I don't. M- most players wouldn't really take a, take a shot on from there uh, with, with the ball not under control. But but Matias Pereira was like, I don't really care. Smacks it on the volley and it goes into the top right corner. It, it's an amazing goal. Then uh, my final entry here for my list is uh, Arnaud uh, Nordan's uh, shot uh, goal against Bordeaux. This one's absolutely sublime. He gets the he gets the ball on like the. Well, on one of the corners of the penalty box and he dribbles just beautifully past two players and then just shoots from the edge of the box and curls it into the top corner it's it's extremely nice and I, I just really enjoyed watching that one so now we're going to give our under and overachievers we'll first start with with overachievers so I've gone for, for Lons now, the team from the north of France got promoted this was their first season back in Liga, and the fact that they were competing for a European place is is astounding, outstanding really, and it just shows the great work that's being done at the club. Yeah, just it would have been nice to see them in the Conference League, but obviously Monaco decided to ruin the party. And I, I don't, I don't. It's possible that Lons will be able to compete at at that level again next year, but I, I doubt it, and I think they'll regress back to a mid-table team. But it's good to see a team that was quite big in France. 20 years ago um, back competing at the top and I just do like to point out when we mean overachiever we don't mean this in like a a bad way at times like it's good to see Lons um, competing at this level and I would like to see more of it but obviously they are overachieving more than the, what you would think a promoted club would be reaching in France especially for my uh, overachievers I also have Lons uh, well, I mean, obviously for the same reason, they they did a uh, walk into the league and just enter with a smack on the table, 
after they be, they beat PSG in their second game uh, in in Ligue 1 after after promotion, which is absolutely crazy. And he just sent a message saying, "We're serious. We're here, and we're and we're gonna do our very best." And that definitely just set the tone for the rest of the season. As Jack said, they were competing for European spots for most of the season, and they just got uh, unlucky in the in the final day. But uh, I think it would have been absolutely incredible if they had managed to, to to secure the Conference League spot. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. But overall, a, a very impressive season from Lanz, and they were a pleasure to watch throughout. So uncontestedly, overperformers for me, or or the uh, uh, instead of overperformers, I would call them the pleasant surprise. Underachievers, PSG. Like it's no surprise they didn't win the league, and that for them, and they only won the Coupe de France and the Super Cup, which are both. Especially the Super Cup are quite meaningless, especially for a team the size of PSG. They've been terrible this year, genuinely. They they bottled the Champions League. They were terrible against Manchester City. Their defence has been quite very poor throughout this whole season, and has been the main reason for their for their decline. And I've said it before. Um, they rely too much on Mbappe and Neymar, or they're more Mbappe than Neymar, and they should really sell one of them, most likely Mbappe. And just change the way they they set their team out. Go go out and buy. I know I said it earlier that, that it shouldn't happen. Go out and buy Camavinga and Tuchuemi. Change how the team is run. Buy the best young players around. That's fine. Just don't and try and spread out the quality in the team. Just don't buy it on two players and then try and fill out the rest of the team with a bunch of people who are really just playing a role. And not many are, are actually world class. You know, for my uh, underachievers, I seriously considered PSG. They were terrible, terrible this season. But um, in the in the final standings, obviously they they have to win this league, seeing as 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 to how much money they spend. But um, as embarrassing as it was that they didn't win it, they still got a little bit of silverware, and they still were only one point off Lille. My underachievers were Marseille. They picked up their act towards the towards the end of the season, but the, their start was, uh, first of all, really exciting because they looked like they had an opportunity to claim first spot in like November, and then they just had like four months of like the worst football I've seen ever. They they were just so disorganized, the the, the team looked so out of sync, and there was just no no synergy uh, within the players. They got smacked in Champions League as well, in 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 a group where they should have at least gotten three more points than they did. I think every game in that was it was suffering for them. And yeah, granted, this is this isn't exactly in the league, but but overall in the season they they were they, they were disappointing in Europe as well. And uh, so I I would definitely write them down as as my underachievers. However, having said that, they finished in a Europa League spot, which isn't too unusual for them so it could have it could have been w- even worse obviously they did make the Europa League final a few years ago only to lose to, to Atletico Madrid yeah I'll never forget that smack in the final as well but yeah that that, that is it for our Liga season review um, we'll be back again tomorrow with the Bundesliga one and so yeah uh, thank you for this thank you thank you for listening um, please follow us like us share us and whatever you're literally going to hear an episode for us every single day of the week. <laughs> and so, yeah, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, see you later.